the Planet Sport Rugby Podcast. Hello there and welcome along to episode 8 of the Planet Sport Rugby Podcast Japan 2019. Adrian Barnard with you here again on match day 7 of the 2019 Rugby World Cup. Yes, that means that we've now been going for a week on the podcast. And so that means just another five weeks to go now until we know who will be the 2019 Rugby World Cup champions. We're coming up today. Our analyst in Japan, Jeff Anderson, is up in the air as we look back on Uruguay's win over Fiji in Pool D on Wednesday. And we look forward to three mouthwatering fixtures coming up on Saturday. And we'll also be hearing more reaction from you to our question, which team has impressed you most in the competition so far? Well, that's coming up later on. But we start today by crossing to our analyst in Japan, Jeff Anderson. Now, Jeff's a former player in both the USA and Japan, and he's been a referees coach in the United States. And here on the Planet Sports Rugby podcast, Japan 2019, we always like Jeff to keep his feet on the ground in his comments, but he's not doing that today. Well, Jeff, great to talk to you again, and you're in quite an iconic place today there in Japan. Tell us where you are today. Yeah, I'm not your man on the ground in Japan right now. I'm about... 700 meters up in Tokyo Skytree, looking over the whole city and hope to go around the other side and see Mount Fuji if I can. Okay, tell us a little bit about Skytree. What is it? Uh, it's just a tall, 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 tall needle tower, and uh, you can pay to go halfway up or go all the way up. It's just a you know, tourist thing to look out. Uh, Tokyo had Tokyo Tower, which was modeled on the Eiffel Tower. But uh, they built this one about five or six years ago. It's, uh, gosh, I think twice as high. You can see this from most anywhere in uh, the Tokyo, Yokohama area. Wow. Well, it sounds if you're having a great day there. Now, we need to talk rugby as well as you're enjoying the sights literally there in Tokyo. Mm -hmm. And we had a fascinating game in Pool D on Wednesday, Uruguay 30, Fiji 27. Now, that really sort of upset the apple cart a little bit. Not many people were expecting that result. To me, that's an absolute shocker. I mean, listen to this. Uruguay missed 48 tackles. Fiji made 687 meters running the ball to Uruguay's 310. Uh, Fiji had 253 passes to 98 Uruguay. Fiji had 60% possession in territory. But here's one of the two reasons why they lost. Number one, they had 26 turnovers, 13 in their own half, and uh, they were punished for that. Number two, even though they scored five tries, they only converted one and the Fiji kicker missed another penalty and the other four conversions. That's the difference. The uh, Uruguayans had three tries and three conversions. There's 21 points right there, and three penalties more made out of four. There's your 30, 30 to 27. But just those 26 turnovers and the uh, poor kicking by uh, Fiji did them in. But what a great example that is for a team like Uruguay that you never give up and you can't be responsible for the mistakes made by the other team. You can only do the best that you can yourselves, and that's what they did. That's true, and, and I know they had very different styles, because Fiji was rock, 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 rock. But um, Uruguay had five malls in the game and won all five of them. 
and you have to say that's going to have a, a huge impact on the development of the game in Uruguay, especially all the youngsters watching, thinking, wow, we weren't expecting to win that. We have. Maybe I'll get involved in that game myself. That's right. It's helpful to see South America do that, really, other than Argentina. Well, that's a game in Pool D, and uh, Wales and Australia occupy the top two places in Pool D, Jeff, and they meet on Sunday, and I think that's a game that's going to probably determine who tops the table at the end of all the pool games. Yes, and I have a midfield section seat for it, too. In fact, three of them are bringing a couple of friends. And it's true that nobody's going to beat uh, those two teams. They're going through. Well, it sounds like a cracking game. We're looking forward to watching that. and I know that you will be, too, there on Sunday. But now let's look ahead to the three games on Saturday. And they're all intriguing, Jeff, but in quite different ways, which is rather interesting. First of all, you've got the clash in Pool C between Argentina and Tonga. Both teams are looking for their first win in the competition. Yes, it's going to be a very interesting match. Uh, however, remember, Argentina lost to France on a missed kick at the end of the game while uh, Tonga was uh, taken apart 35-3 to in uh, their game. So uh, I think Argentina, you know, they were playing France. That was a good Six Nations team. So I think they've shown that they're going to uh, be the winner here. Hmm. Yes, uh, it's going to be a very interesting match, that one there. I think we're going to enjoy watching that, see how the South Pacific Islanders manage against the Pumas. And then, again, in Pool A, we've got a game that I'm personally really looking forward to. That's Hosts Japan taking on Ireland. And four years ago, of course, we can remember that Japan shocked South Africa. So now with home advantage Mm -hmm. and uh, a passionate crowd behind them, Jeff, do you think they can do it again against the world's top-ranked team? They have written that they are confident that they can cause a shocker against Ireland. Personally, I don't think so. I think they're going to cause a shocker against France and get in the quarterfinals that way. It's the second-place team in their pool. Mm. Um, I saw Ireland, Scotland. Ireland is absolutely like a machine, like the All Blacks used to be. They're just too big, too fast, too smart. So we'll see. It's interesting that Japan's team is half South Sea Islanders. Yeah, we have that, of course, don't we? And, of course, we see the uh, South Sea Islanders in quite a few of the teams uh, taking part in the yes. in the World Cup, of course. And finally, Jeff, we all love a good local rivalry between two teams who are near neighbours, and that's what we have in the third game on Sunday, South Africa against Namibia in Pool B. Now, that's likely to be a very fiercely competed fixture uh, with local bragging rights at stake. And interesting that both sides are also looking forward to their first wins there but realistically only one team going to emerge victorious yes and that's going to be uh, South Africa I think the uh, referee may run out of room on his scorecard but I think Namibia is going to try 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 to get a point somehow get enough tries and a losing effort uh, I think they can I'm not impressed too much with the defense of South Africa uh, they am with the offense and Jeff of course Namibia came into the World Cup looking for their first ever World Cup win Might not happen on Sunday against South Africa, but realistically, a good chance against Canada in their final pool game? Oh, definitely a very good chance against Canada. I've said in previous recordings that uh, Canada are not what they used to be. They've been going downhill. They're no longer the uh, champs of North America. The Americas right behind Argentina. They and Uruguay are ranked right around the same position in the world. That's going to be a very, very keen, evenly played match. 
And Jeff, finally, you've seen quite a few games in the stadium so far. Which team has yeah. impressed you most of the matches that you have personally seen? Ireland, all the way, and I would not be surprised to see them holding the World Cup. I really would not. I, I haven't seen the All Blacks yet. I will against Namibia coming up in a week and a half. But, you know, they've been patchy the past couple of years, and Ireland is building, building, building. Joe Schmidt has them ready. I think they're going to hold the trophy. That's very interesting because we were discussing the other day as well how many of the teams turn up at the World Cup and they don't really hit the ground running. It takes them a game or two to get into their stride. England against Tonga, England weren't playing particularly well. France against Argentina, both sides a little bit cagey with plenty of errors. And yet Ireland seemed to be the exception so far. I mean, they were like a monster to a little kid. I'm surprised it was only 27-3, but Scotland only got close to scoring once. And Ireland just really had their way. They were they just they were toying with the Scots. And a word on New Zealand, because in their opening fixture against South Africa, they looked incredibly vulnerable in defence right at the beginning. Absolutely, absolutely. They even admit they're an attacking side. They're not a defending side. Ireland, I believe, is complete side, both attacking and defending. And that's why I'm going to say Ireland stands atop with the Webb Ellis Trophy at the end of the World Cup. And Jeff, there's another issue which we've been hearing about from World Rugby, and that is the state of the refereeing. They came out the other day and said that the standard was below par, which was quite a controversial thing to say. What's the talk on the ground there in Japan about that issue? Absolutely the same thing. Oh, man, people say South Africa were cheated out of a win by Jerome Garces. And um, I I have seen, of course, Nigel Owen and... um, some other good uh, referee, Barnsey boys from England, Barnsey. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought they had great games, but so I guess there's been some others that have been pretty bad. But Wayne Barnes, great. And Nigel Owens, just great. And uh, of course, we had the Australian player, Reese Hodge, who was banned for three games after his controversial tackle on the Fiji player, Pachili Yato, in the Pool D game victory over Fiji. In that game, Hodge stayed on the pitch and went on to score another try. So that is one of the issues that the referees are battling with now, isn't it? Are they being too lenient on some of these high tackles? Well, that's because this is a World Cup. You don't want to make a mistake and uh, throw somebody out or sin bin them at least and realize, oops, that really wasn't high at all in review. Uh, I think they're going to play on the air on the side of uh, not making a bad call against people, letting things go quite a bit. And I think if you saw the South Africa, New Zealand game, a lot of things were let go by the referee. It's uh, interesting. I, I met one of the discipline chairs here uh, from the RFU. He's here at the World Cup. And he was saying those South Africans, there was no need for a red card, which they were screaming for, or a shoulder to a jaw tackle made by one of the All Blacks on South Africa. And I said, no, he, he wasn't cited, so it was fine. Well, we'll see how that story develops and also how the quality of the refereeing changes, perhaps, as the tournament goes on. For now, Jeff, thank you very much and enjoy the rest of your day at the top of the tower there. Thank you so much. I wish we could show you what it's like. And Jeff Anderson will be back with us later during the tournament with his thoughts on how the competition is unfolding and with more of his reviews and previews of the games to come.
Well, over the next couple of weeks on the Planet Sports Rugby podcast, Japan 2019, we'll have two reporters on the ground in Japan, in Liam Flint and Tom Ellis, and they'll be bringing you all sorts of news stories and interviews on the ground from Tokyo and Yokohama. They're going to be meeting some of the fans who've come from every corner of the globe to see this feast of rugby and finding out about some of the other events that are going on around the World Cup that perhaps don't always get the attention that they deserve. So that's on the Japan 2019 podcast over the next coming two weeks. That's starting on Sunday. And Liam himself will be with you tomorrow on the podcast. And on Saturday, we've an interview with the South African legend, Brian Habana. So plenty to look forward to there. Now, earlier on, I promised we'd be giving you some more of your comments, which you've been sending in on WhatsApp. And if you'd like to take part, I'll be giving you the WhatsApp number in just a moment. But we've been asking you which teams have impressed you most so far. Well, we'll go to Marlon Adebwa in Uganda. And Marlon says, Wales has sent a strong message so far, regardless of the fact that I'm a staunch all-black fan. <laughs> well, thanks for that, Marlon. Yes, we'll see how far Wales can progress in the tournament. And we go to Kenya now, and here's Curtis Dennis Jr. And Curtis says, South Africa have impressed me so far. They're just amazing. Plus, I always love their playing structure. And now to Zimbabwe and Courage Madzikateri who says Australia were on point and they have impressed me so far. So plenty of different thoughts on the teams have impressed you so far. And here's another one now from Derek Chihuahua in Zimbabwe. And he says New Zealand, the pressure is definitely on them to deliver and their match against South Africa was no mean achievement. They showed extreme discipline in defence and at the breakdown. The thought of having Pollard take the points through penalties was there for South Africa and they impressed and managed themselves very well. But New Zealand stuck to the process and were clinical attacking the short side with some brilliant handling and passing. It was enough to neutralise the rush defence that was being employed by South Africa. Now we'd love to have your comments too. You can contact us on WhatsApp and here's the number. It's plus four four seven seven zero seven 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 six seven nine zero. That's plus four four seven seven zero seven 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 six seven nine zero. Well, that's all for today. Tomorrow, Liam Flint will be with you and he'll be looking at the big clash between the two Southern African giants, South Africa and Namibia over the weekend. And we'll be hearing from the Australian forward, Scott Seo. So that's in the podcast tomorrow. But that's all for today. So from me, Adrian Barnard, thanks very much for listening. And the Planet Sports Rugby podcast, Japan 2019, is a passion for sport production. <laughs>